Oh, back at it again. Wow. You're like an old pro at this point. I mean, this yeah. is what number number five for you? Uh in yeah. Yeah, totality. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess it is. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Did you ever think you'd get you'd come this far? Uh yeah. In I'm your surprised career? it didn't happen faster. Yeah, well, that's that's true. <laughs> no, it's like the on Saturday Night Live, like hosting five times is like a big deal and like yeah like you're in the five timers, timers club yeah. yep you need your uh your robe yeah exactly <laughs> i love those episodes it's always full of so many famous people yeah yeah that's fun no famous people here we don't have any special guests <laughs> to honor sorry oh all right. i didn't i didn't plan ahead i'm a terrible <laughs> podcast producer <laughs> yeah the green room was very lacking <laughs> that's right that's right i think originally the green room was required to have Types of Jello is that what the joke was? <laughs> like all those episodes back when you first joined? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, sad news. My uh, my doggy. He went to the big farm in the sky today. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you're opening with that. <laughs> I know. I I'm surprised. It just kind of came out. And I'm like, Ooh. it was on my heart, so it's okay. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. He, I haven't seen him in a while. So. Your parents' dog. Yeah, it's basically Technic- my parents' yeah. dog. Yeah, like, so we got him, and then I got married, and that was 10 years ago, and I haven't really spent a lot of time with him since, so. Yeah. Anyways, it's a sad thing, but it's also just yeah, kind of no, like. Yeah, definitely. circle of life. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard so decision. It is. Yeah, I mean, you have to... I don't know why we're talking about this. This is such a downer. We can edit all this out. We should just shift gears. (laughs) You know what else is a hard decision? What to do about the fact that it's your fifth time on this podcast and I didn't make any plans of any kind. Do you feel disappointed? (sighs) I thought we were trying to reverse the the downer. This is so sad. (laughs) We should just start over. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what's going on. It might not even be recording, so. That's right. Did Jesus turn it off? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So how was your weekend? You preached. It was good. I, you, uh, uh, I went to church. Did you? <laughs> you preached, yes. <laughs> That's not Maybe what I meant. Like, how do I you, mean, like, I worked. I, I didn't specifically know. say, like, how was your Sunday morning? Did you do anything? Yeah, I did. I'm surprised. Yeah. No, I, I had a good weekend. Yeah. Um, how do you feel like it went? Uh, I thought it went well. I, yeah. I had some positive feedback, so. No, that's good. <laughs> I don't know why I asked that. That could be very like, yeah. so how, why don't you tell me how you think it went? <laughs> like, <laughs> like very passive aggressive. Uh, do you find that it's difficult to do like the one-off sermons or do you prefer them or they, is it kind of no, no different? Cause we were in the summer storm series and then, you know, we did the, you know, seven. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've done enough. I don't. Whew, I don't. That, I think that was my first one-off sermon. Is there? Is there? I don't think I've done any in the past. Did you feel like there's this pressure to be like all inclusive because this is your one shot to kind of talk about it? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, what I spoke on really could have been could have taken the place of summer storms. Like I could have yeah. spent four weeks on what I talked about on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, but also. You know, sometimes when we're given topics to speak on, um, Neil gives a, a lot of leeway. Yeah. And um, so it's very broad of where, like, you want to take it or where you feel uh, you know, the Spirit's directing you. So yeah. um, 
it didn't feel all altogether different, I guess, than other preparations. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it went really well. It was really good. Did you really have 30, 30 points? <laughs> you think I was lying? I wasn't sure if like you were, you were in a quite a joking mood. Oh, you um, think so? You were, yeah, you were more, you were, you were cracking some jokes more than I, usual, I, I think. That, see, I find that, I find that uh, interesting because I, I, I don't, usually I don't put any jokes in my sermon. Like I don't, no, I don't you just kind of, I yeah. don't plan to say this or that. Um, occasionally I will, but, um, so then some, I don't know. I always, I always, I'm always interested in how that comes across as yeah. to how much humor I end up actually using. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's weird sometimes if you like, like I'm not sure why you think I used more than usual on Sunday. Cause I, to me, it felt like I used I feel, average to less. Than I usual. feel like maybe because you preached consistently over the last couple of weeks, you were just maybe more relaxed than you normally would be. Not that you're like, and I don't mean that like, oh, normally you seem really nervous, but this time you actually seemed at ease. That's not what I mean. What I mean is like, if you haven't preached in a while or whatever, there's, there's a little bit of pressure, no, you know, know exactly you feel what you mean. You get what I mean. <laughs> mean this but i really <laughs> sounded so like i don't I mean like this. you're nervous but you still do a really bad job no it's not exactly it. what that's i meant it's not, not what i'm saying no i'm just saying like you like just seemed very at ease like oh. like oh. it was just very relaxed and i think i don't know and that's not to mean you were not intentional because you were still obviously intentional about what you were saying and what you were presenting i don't know I mean, I've heard you preach, you know, it's been a year or almost a year since I've been around. I've heard you preach, um, you know, quite a bit at this yeah. point. And I don't know. You just seemed like, <laughs> I don't know. All right. It was good. I'm not, I'm not complaining and I'm not saying that like, it's like better or worse or anything. I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's just interesting. We can edit all this out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why are you resisting this conversation? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. My goodness. Fine. Uh, your sermon was boring and you didn't joke enough and I didn't like no, it. No, I appreciate or it. You joked too much and it was... Uh, I mean, one I thing of being, you know, one thing being up there is you never, you never really know how you're coming across because you can't watch yourself. Oh, for sure. And um, you, uh, so I'll say this, like you never come across as like, I don't know, you, you hear some preachers where it's like, you know, they're trying to intentionally be funny or they were really waiting, to, you know, and it's like um, there's a difference between someone who's up there trying to do what, like trying to give the formula of what they think is going to be engaging and someone who's just being themselves. And if a joke comes out or something is funny, then let it be funny. And that's whatever. Um, and so I would just say it came, it, there was nothing weird about it. It was very genuine. Like, I, I, I don't get why this is funny. I'm paying you compliments. My goodness. I, I think I, I am. am. I'm saying you're very genuine. I don't, and, I don't like, accept compliments well, so I know. maybe I have a hard time identifying them sometimes. Well, let's stop talking about you then. My <laughs> goodness. I don't even remember what I, I don't even remember what was funny. I don't remember I, It was what like I said. at the beginning, like, as you're kind of coming into the, into the topic and stuff, and it was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I did say that thing about 50. A fifty-two week sermon. Series. Yeah, like stuff like that. Like you were it, it, it. I thought to myself, "Huh, Mark is in a mood." <laughs> like, and I feel like so much of that is determined in the moment because if you're, you know, and maybe not at the forefront of your sermon because you don't have a really good feel on the room yet. But 
Uh, public speaking is unique because so much of it is planned, but a lot of it happens in the moment too. Yeah. As you're getting that live feedback. If people are like zombies in their seats, that's difficult. Well, let me tell I'll tell you about the first joke because it was right out of the gate and it wasn't in my notes. <laughs> it wasn't planned. Um, this being for those of you, you who didn't hear it, um, this was my last week speaking and then Neil returns next Sunday. Right. So the joke was today I have one Sunday left. I'm going to start a 52 week sermon series that <laughs> you know, Neil has to finish. Yeah. Um, and I, I said that at the, at the front and then I, I was, I was, um, I didn't know what, what I was going to say, what the sermon series was, yeah. you know, on the, uh, the biblical themes in Star Wars. Right. Um, which was also a funny, but I didn't even have thing. to like, I didn't like, I, you know, that was a stupid thought, just like a stupid, you know, stupid joke. And yeah. But it landed so well. It was so funny. Like when I said a 52 week sermon series, like that was enough. Yeah. I didn't even get to the Star Wars part yeah. and like it, it, like I, you, I have no idea how these things are going to come across. Yeah. Like what you were saying about reading the rumor, um, yeah. that sort of thing. Well, it was, it was great. Yeah. I, I find that I enjoy your, cause you're, you tend to sometimes, and you know this about yourself, you're less of like an emotive person. You're, you're more stoic. Like that's kind of your, your personality. Yeah. And so your humor tends to be a little bit more dry, which to me is even more funny. Yeah. Um, cause sometimes like, you know, you never know, is Mark going to say something, yeah. you know, you never know what's going to pop up. And when it pops up, it's very, very funny. <laughs> so well, I it's, think it's a like, double-edged sword. It can be very dangerous. Yeah. I maybe be so. I have to be very careful because I, uh, because I am so dry, sometimes people don't realize I'm joking, and then then I'm just a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> and there have been situations where, like, I've said things, and it was completely oh a joke, but it didn't come across that way. And and then, it, but like, I'm not kidding. Like, it can do damage. I'm like, sure it, it can, can but it's just in the moment right now. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. In my head, it's hilarious, but. <laughs> well, the thing that you have going for you is that you are known and you are loved here at the church. So it's like people like and and maybe people some people don't know you as well, maybe. And so that dry humor comes across and maybe they're there. They don't really get it. And I would just argue that they don't have a good sense of humor. <laughs> but uh, like, I think generally people like know you and love you and, and like are continuing to get it get to know you as you're preaching and stuff. And so I think it's, it's fun that again, this goes back to what I've already talked about with you is like, it's great <laughs> that like you have your personality and you're a different kind of preacher. Uh, Bob has his personality and he's a different kind of preacher. Neil has his personality. Uh, Chad has, you know, Chad, Zach, me even, you know, and so it's, it's cool to uh, be able to, um, you know, just bring something different to uh Yeah to the four. Yeah. I, so. uh, I remember in college we talked, um, we talked about Jesus and his sense of humor or whether he even had one. Cause nothing in scripture really points to him having a sense of humor Yeah, to some degree. We can see things where he would say things that were seemingly a little bit sarcastic. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, there's no, there's no jokes in the new Testament <laughs> to the point that yeah. there, there were, there's even been, like scholars and theologians that take that to the extreme that say yeah. Jesus never even smiled. Oof. Um, because uh, it it wasn't godly. It wasn't, you know, that would it just wasn't of of his yeah. calling of his ilk. Like he, huh? That was something that wouldn't have been associated with him. That's really interesting. 
what do they do with the fact that he, you know, he clearly like he cried, like he mourned, he he had kind of those I guess what we would consider more negative feelings, you know. Well, not necessarily negative. Well, not um, but you know what I mean, like they're not like happy. They're they're if he has sad right. feelings and sad, you know, if those he are can more, feel sad, yeah, why I think, can't he I think feel... the argument was those were more noble. <laughs> you know, those are more compassion and love and grace and mercy. Okay. Like those are, yeah, those are deeper, more relational. Those are better than, you know, me. Well, we all know that laughing yeah. dry joke at the beginning of, yeah, nothing is, is as non-relational as laughter is. Yeah. Nobody loves sharing laughter. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting though. That's, huh. I've never heard that. Well, I guess I've heard. I've never really like. I'm just saying. Yeah, we studied in college. I'm not. I'm that's not. Super I don't subscribe to that. No, I I get it, but that's super interesting. I was immediately thinking of like, well, in the Old Testament, like uh, a great example of almost like God's sarcastic humor is the Book of Esther and everything that happens to Haman. Yeah, and, and like when uh, when what's his face is like, hey, there's this guy. What what should I do for the greatest guy? Yeah. And Haman's thinking of himself. He's like, well, you should have him paraded on a donkey or yeah. something or on a yeah. horse or whatever it was. And he's, he's like, oh, he's going to be. Yeah, rewarded. exactly. He and he ends him. up having a. <laughs> yeah. And he has to do it for this guy. He yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fantastic. And also, yeah, in that book. Um, yeah. The king uh, <laughs> and he disrespected by his wife, his responses to make a decree that all women have to respect their husbands. Like, like. <laughs> Like you read that and you're just like, yeah, it's weird Old Testament stuff. But if you think about that, that's yeah. hilarious. That's so funny. Like his response is to make this law that yeah. women have to respect their husbands <laughs> because he was offended by his wife. Right. Like he got slighted. And so that's oh his response. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And there's also Elijah uh, making fun of the prophets of Baal. Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. Like, is he going to the bathroom? Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. It's very funny. So interesting. Well. I feel like we should welcome people. We should probably say, hey, listeners, welcome. <laughs> should we say that? Everything uh, up to now is going to be edited out. So. <laughs> Something is going on with me. We'll I think it's a lack of sleep. We'll I don't here. know what it is. I'm trying to drink this coffee. I'm hoping it brings some sanity to me. We're in for an interesting <laughs> There's no coffee podcast. in the green room, by the way. In the green room? In my trailer. Oh, yeah, that's right. No jello. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, your favorite snacks. I'm so sorry. I forgot them. Oh, well. Welcome to the Atrium Hope Christian Church podcast. I'm Jared, creative arts pastor here at Hope Christian Church, and you are. Uh, my name is Mark. Oh goodness, I am. <laughs> we prayed before this too. You'd think I'd be uh, doing yeah. better than this. I'm the Stoic pastor, and I'm the. There's something wrong with me. <laughs> I didn't go see a doctor. Anyways, um, well, it's great to have you on. Thank you. <laughs> so, so glad you're back. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, it is good to have you back. It's good to have you on here. I'm, I've been really enjoying these uh, these times that we've had to kind of discuss some things. And and uh, that's not to say, Neil, that I don't miss you. I'm sure you'll hear this and bring it up to me. Say something like, oh, you, you don't want me to come back. You just want to do the podcast with Mark. I don't know. I have had people tell me I should be on every week. Really? Yeah. Wow. Almost one person. <laughs> how, how did less than one person say something to you? <laughs> they didn't say it, but I'm less pretty than sure. one person, but certainly more than zero persons. So well, they didn't exactly say it, but I'm pretty sure they were thinking it. They also was this the same person who who thought that Chad was your son? <laughs> Uh, oh boy all right so anyways i feel like we should start with our favorite segment meet and greet 
Ba-da-ba-ba. ba ba Oh, my gosh. Were you waiting for that? <laughs> for nine hours. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> for nine hours. You were hearing us. Uh, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just leave. <laughs> we're, no, I was walking down the hallway to um, nice. Henry Woods. Messing with all of the lights. That's fine. Room. You can you just say hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. Oh, my word. Hi. It's like Andy. So all office. of this is going to be edited out. It's been out. so long since I've done this. Which <laughs> one of these things do I look in? <laughs> you have no idea. So far, this has been a train wreck. <laughs> it's been something. I don't know. You've been great. <laughs> yeah. I said a hymnal. The red. You know, I was the doofus that thought, who took a marker and did that to all these books? And then I got a brain and was like, oh, they're designed that way. Screens and technology. And I'll step up my game for next week. Yeah. Podcast you need to. Away, boys. All right. <laughs> okay. So here's the question for you. If you could remove one vegetable from existence, what vegetable would you remove from existence? Uh, vegetables. Yeah. Uh, I know that my answer, but I don't want to say it because my wife likes them. Uh-oh. I would remove beets from my from my existence, but my wife really she likes She likes those. beets? Yeah. Mm. Um, but I don't want to remove them. Like... Because they bring her joy, so you don't Right. Like, if I have to remove them from existence. I see what you're saying. Well, there's some leeway. So let's just say that you get to say that you never have to eat them ever again. Not that you have to eat them right now. As an adult, I get to make that decision, (laughs) You do? (laughs) (laughs) Is it possible to learn this power? (laughs) My mom called last night. She said, you're not eating your beets, Mark. Okay, it's assumed that you don't have to eat them. <laughs> I'm just trying to learn. This is my fifth and last time. On I the know, podcast. dude. This is some. It might be my last one too. Actually, next week's just gonna be Neil. That's it. <laughs> I'm not allowed behind a mic anymore. Oh boy. Okay, that's interesting. What about you? I don't know, man. I always go back and forth with mushrooms. Oh, you oh, know, I love mushrooms. I, but like growing up, I always had like my mom would get. This is kind of gross. I I feel bad. Like. People are going to judge her for this because I kind of do. So she would well, get. It's not your mom then. Just some lady <laughs> that cooked some, for you. Some lady who is definitely not my mom, but up. cooked for me consistently, <laughs> but not a maid. <laughs> she, so she would go to Aldi. She'd get like frozen pizzas and stuff. And then she'd get like one of those cans of like mushrooms, chopped mushrooms, and she'd put them all over the pizza mm, and yeah. then bake it and it would ruin the pizza. Mm. Like the mushroom flavor, one out of a can, disgusting. Yeah. Just yeah. just slime. That's that's yeah. all it was for me. And the the, the just ugh. so I feel like that set me up for failure with mushrooms because since especially coming into my adult years, yeah, uh, I've had like stuffed mushrooms. I'm like, this is actually really good. Um, and other other things like really good. Um, what's the pasta dish that's uh, chicken marsala? Yeah, that has mushrooms that's and great. stuff in it. Holy cow, really good. Yeah, but yeah, I just I still like have trouble with mushrooms. Mm. No, I, every I time want I to eat, like them, but every time uh, I eat mushrooms, I think I should eat these more. Do you have a favorite mushroom? Like, are you at the point where you no, like? Because I, I don't eat them enough. I, I don't every either. time. Every time I eat them, though, I'm like, man, we need to we need to do this more. Yeah, you're not supposed to wash mushrooms either. Really? Yeah. So you're just supposed to eat dirty mushrooms. Well, you're supposed to like like take a napkin basically and clean them, like rub off the dirt. 
what what because the it, water the water affects the consistency of it so like when you put maybe it that's water, why it gets slimy that's why it gets slimy oh yeah. interesting dirty mushrooms would be a great band name so tell well tell that lady that cooked for you consistently in your youth <laughs> they're in a can with like mushroom juice or oh, something it's true. already just slime Ugh, it's so gross Right? Isn't that just... Yeah. So anyways, I don't know. Mushrooms, <laughs> I go back and forth. So, okay, but they can stay. What's a vegetable I hate? I don't know. Have you had a rutabaga? <laughs> Isn't that the... That's the... Um, I don't know if I have or it not. It looks kind of like a turnip, right? Yeah. I've never had one. I like turnips, though, so I don't know. I feel okay. like rutabaga. Do you like turnips? Yeah, I like turnips. Yeah. I, growing up, uh, my, my grandpa's mom had a farm in circleville ohio yeah, i know circleville yeah and pumpkin she, festival oh yeah i've been there several years now yeah. nice um she had cows and uh they also grew turnips and so i developed a love for turnips okay the texture the flavor all of it you eat them raw like i would eat them raw you you peel yeah. them and stuff but yeah so you've eaten a like a raw turnip before yeah okay cool so that's oh, yeah. not that weird I brought it up to Chad and Zach in the office, and they're like, oh, you're, you're a freak. <laughs> they didn't say that. Well, that's why they're not on the podcast. That's right. Yeah. And I won't allow it. <laughs> I put my foot down. So anyways, well, uh, that was an interesting and quick uh, meet and greet. You look like you have a follow-up thought or question. What are you thinking about in your brain? Do you have a meet and greet? You did mm. say that you're the king of icebreakers. Oh, man. Come on, do it. I'm putting you on the spot, Mr. King. Uh, all right. If you have a, tickets to any concert ever, oh, where would you go? And a time machine to go see any band in their prime. Oh, that's good. Um, Boy. Honestly, it'd be interesting to be at Woodstock. Oh man. Okay. Doesn't that sound like it sounds crazy because it sounds like it also would just be really disgusting to be there. Yeah. But it's so iconic to actually like witness yeah. it would be really fascinating. Right. Um I mean that's they had what like I mean, 300,000 people on that farm. Yeah. It was something nuts. Um some crazy number, but yeah, I Yeah, would, go see like Hendrix's performance. Yeah, yeah, like Jimi Hendrix, that would be that would be a person I'd I would like to see live and like, you know, cause he, I mean, there's all those guys you look back I get at that like, vibe. Like on Sundays, <laughs> I feel like I can see that the Jimi Hendrix in you really, it comes out a little bit. Yeah. I, I can see that you pull inspiration from him. The fact that you're saying that makes me feel like maybe you're sharing in some of the, the, the drugs that maybe <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, uh, <laughs> enjoyed. <laughs> um, actually I have a friend like that who, time you set your guitar on fire on stage. <laughs> Remember? I thought this is just so what did this yeah. like let the spirits come out of it or whatever the heck that was he was doing. Yeah, that's crazy. He did some crazy stuff. I have a friend who uh like he was way into Jimi Hendrix and so every time he played guitar it was it had a little bit of Hendrix flavor and yeah. it was like this is weird for church music. <laughs> <laughs> I was like this is yeah, psychedelic. So, anyways, no, I, I, yeah, that that'd be a very fascinating. He'd be a fascinating person to see because it's interesting. Like you look back at guys like that, and like, yeah, he was an amazing guitarist. Like he was an amazing musician. But a lot of those guys that kind of set trajectories and stuff. Like I think of the Beatles. Like you listen to their music, and it's like some of their songs are really great. Some of their songs are iconic and stuff. And then a lot of their stuff is just really boring and like very mediocre. Like mm. they weren't. I don't think they were. You're gonna in, make some enemies 
year. I know, but um, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my first time. Beetle bashing. <laughs> Beetle bashing. Uh, oh, is that the episode <laughs> in the title? <laughs> Beetle bashing. <laughs> I like that. Um, no, I mean, like, I I appreciate them for what they are, but some people act like they're the they're the greatest musicians that ever lived. I'm like, yeah. no, no, they're not. Um, yeah. They wrote some iconic songs and stuff, but like their worldview was just like completely. I was. I did out watch some of their documentary, like, that new documentary. Oh yeah, how was yeah, it? It's kind of boring. Um, well, kind of like their music. <laughs> well, no, it just it wasn't like their what catalog. I, it wasn't what I expected it to be. Yeah, it. Um, I thought it'd be more of a documentary, but it's really just old tapes of rehearsals. Oh really? Like and so it's like you found their home movies and are just yeah. Sitting, like well, Peter Jackson found them and oh no way. Yeah, he's the one that put this together. Okay, and I was expecting it to be more of a documentary that you learn and yeah. they told you more about more of the story, but it's mostly just watching them rehearse. And there, yeah. it is interesting to some degree to see how they talked and interacted with each other while they're songwriting. But yeah, but it like it's like six hours of it. Oh boy, I yeah. didn't even make it through it all. Yeah, that's tough. Um, it was it was too much. Yeah. I'm sure it's fascinating to see that background stuff. It, yeah, you know? it was interesting for a while. Yeah, but I yeah, it didn't I, hold my attention. Speaking of Peter Jackson, did you see his World War One thing where he took all that old World War One footage and like updated it and made it HD and no. fixed the timing and added sound? Well, that's and what stuff? he did to the Beatles stuff. He, oh, that's basically he, what it yeah, was. He he was he updated it. He made he colorized yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was all in color, no. but um. Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I didn't see his World War II stuff. Oh, World War World War One. One. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah. I feel like you'd appreciate that. You're interested in like historical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like you'd appreciate that. It was very good. Anyways, okay. That was that was good. Yeah. So I would go back to Woodstock just to see it. Just yeah. I, I just want to see it. How about you? Uh, I don't listen to music. I knew it. That explains why you play bass the way you do. Hey, we don't. Jesus never listened to music, so. <laughs> We have no evidence of Jesus ever. We only get to, he only enjoyed music as much as he laughed, which was zero. Yeah. Well, well, we're told he sang with the disciples. Oh, that's true. Right before we get so many. Yeah. Um, after him, I would probably go see Led Zeppelin in their prime. Oh yeah, that'd be good. I Jimmy Page's guitar playing, like it just. I think he nailed it. Yeah, that's your jam. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Very cool. It's very neat. I'm not a big classic rock guy, but yeah. Um, that band, like they just, yeah, I don't know. I think they were the best. They're another iconic band that actually had talent. So, well, they had four. That. They had four guys, and all four of the members were at the top of their oh, instrument. Yeah. Like it, like you can have great bands, like iconic, massive mm -hmm. bands, but the band, you know, there's only one or two. Like the Beatles, yeah. I mean, really, Ringo Starr. No one's going to call him the greatest drummer of all time. No. But you look at Led Zeppelin and um, like all four members like were in top five of their position of their, you know, their instrument yeah, yeah, yeah. of potentially of all time. Like they were just like, how do you assemble this team? And yeah. Each, each member has gotten to the elite status. Of yeah. Elite level of playing. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anyone more recent that you would like to go back and see again? Or for the first time? More recent? Yeah, like a more recent um, artist or 
<laughs> somewhat more relevant to our younger audience. <laughs> yeah, because we have a very young um, demographic listening to this podcast. I don't know. I'm at the point in my... I used to go to a lot of shows, actually, in college, yeah. in high school. Um, even after college, some... Uh, I, I've been to a lot of shows. Yeah. And I got to the point where um, I just... I feel like I've seen everybody I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also getting old, and I don't like standing for the entire <laughs> length of a show. And yeah. I, I get curmudgeon-y, and yeah. I don't like standing around so many people so close. Oh, man. The person yeah. in front of me is always taller. Yeah. And, you know, I hear you. I'm kind of over going to shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of my – this was a best and worst experience at a show was mute math at house of blues like i don't know 2013 or something like that and like this dude had like the scratchiest arm hair <laughs> and felt the need to <laughs> just be against me the yeah. entire evening and yeah. like it got to the point where i was kind of just like i wasn't throwing elbows but i was like <laughs> yeah. dude yeah <laughs> like get away from me yeah and, i don't need any more of that in my life no yeah it's it's mm. That kind of stuff ruins it for me. Yeah. So, but I mean, that, but again, that's part of the experience too. Have you ever moshed? In high school. Yeah. I've been in some mosh, but I was in, yeah, I used to go to hardcore shows. Yeah. Um, in high school. You ever get hurt? Uh, no, nothing oh, okay. serious. Oh. I had a friend lose a shoe. <laughs> uh, well, that does hurt. Uh, <laughs> never got it back. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Where, where did his shoe go? I don't know, man. It was a dark. I mean, these shows, like, there's no lights on. Oh, you yeah, know? There's, for like, sure. one light on the stage. Yeah. And then right. everyone else is just, try- like, yeah, swinging. Yeah. <laughs> throwing fists. <laughs> and, like, no, it's crazy. Yeah. It's wild the things we get ourselves into. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, that was that was a very good uh, meet and greet question. So fantastic, king of icebreakers, you are. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's no better place or more useful space in which you can bring icebreakers than into like a small group of people. Yeah, that's where you're right. Getting to know one another. That's right. And you know what that makes me think of? Your sermon. And what was the title of your sermon? Seven. Uh, seven reasons to grow in community. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, the focus of this week's message was to, we need to focus our efforts uh, on a smaller scale and start serving people in smaller groups, like get to that personal level of relationship. Yeah. Kind of move past the Sunday morning, all big corporate congregations sitting together and move into personal ministry and actually start serving each other. And Mm. small groups provide that context. Um, like I said on Sunday, there's no scripture to say thou shalt join a small group. Yeah. Here are the guidelines of what your small group should be. Anything like that. There's also no scripture that says don't do it. <laughs> there's also so. no scripture that says don't do it. <laughs> um, but the context of small group is just really the place where all the other commands of scripture and the Christian life, uh, can much more easily be lived out. Yeah. Um, and I did reference that, you know, that passage in Acts chapter two of the early church meeting yeah. in the temple, meeting in the homes. Yeah. And that's not to say they met in homes as a small group requirement. It's like, you know, meet Sundays, meet one time during the right. week, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, they really were meeting in homes just because they didn't have churches. Yeah. You know, church buildings. Right. They didn't have, you know, the buildings that we have nowadays. Um, they would meet, they and they would only meet in the temple if the synagogue leader was a Christian. Yeah, sure. Because... <laughs> Um, you know, at that point, just because you're a synagogue leader, you, you either you might have been a Christian if yeah. Paul had gotten to you, basically, <laughs> um, or if someone had shared the gospel with you and you accepted. But 
in all reality, a lot of the synagogues were still. Do you think Jewish. the early church was like like going to the synagogue and be like, "Hey, can we rent out this space in the on Sunday evenings when you guys aren't meeting?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's how it started. Or in the school, it's like the first elementary school. <laughs> we, yeah, went, right. we have a church plant going on in that synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but they're meeting in homes. It said they're they're breaking bread together, and mm-hmm. that phrase in Acts chapter two actually refers to communion. Yeah, breaking bread is, is a phrase that means that sharing the Lord's supper together. Because mm. the next line says they receive their food with glad and sincere heart. So yeah, that's a separate phrase. They're eating together. Mm-hmm. They're sharing their life together. Yeah, and. That was all set up by saying they're even sharing their stuff. Yeah. Their possessions are all together. Mm-hmm. And that 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 that's that picture of the church, the ecclesia, yeah. the coming out of the world being separate, mm-hmm. but not being separate individuals, being right. separate and one. Yeah. I mean, what did it say? Having all things in common with one another. Yeah. I mean, it's just living your life together uh, in a more unified fashion. And I think, you know, that's helpful for us to be reminded of because I think we can easily get into happen. I mean, I think our lives just kind of lend themselves to this sort of like disconjointed thing yeah. where we were on Sundays, we do our Christian stuff. And then the rest of the week we do our secular, like kind of worldly stuff and we have to yeah. have a job and we have to do this stuff. And, um, and, and the more we can see all of that unified together, the better. And it's more helpful well, for even, us. And it's more helpful for, for those in our community. Right. Like in our Christian community, I should say, I um, mean, even within evangelicalism, uh, if you look at like just Bible studies and materials that have been produced over the last 50 years, we see we, there's this trend for personal study and right. your personal relationship with Jesus. And that's the focus is your personal yeah. relationship with Jesus, your personal growth. And we could look up the scripture regarding your personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And that also doesn't exist. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> there's no command in script in the New Testament they have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Now, is it in there? Yes. Sure. God's God's relationship that he's designed with us through Jesus mm-hmm. is personal. Yeah. We know that. But we are also called as a people. Yeah. We see that with the example of Israel. You know, God called Abraham, but he was also really calling a people. Right. And he's calling a people to himself. We read a little bit in in First Peter. Maybe we'll get to that here in a minute. But um, that's his redemptive plan: is he's calling a people, yeah, not a, a an island of individuals, right? And so you can't be a Christian and go solo. Yeah. Well, that's the that's you know you always get on this topic, and it's like, well, church is in a building. It's me. Like yeah. we are the church, and so we can have church just me and you know it, I. I have harped on this in the past and I've tried to get away from it, but you know, you always like, you know, there's sometimes the temptation to say like, Hey, like me and a friend got coffee together and, and we kind of read the Bible together and it just, that was church. Yeah. It's like, that's not the full expression of what is meant in scripture of the church. Um, and so if we forsake the gathering, um, then we are not practicing what we've been commanded to do to gather. Um, and it's, it's just not the same. And so what you're saying, the small groups is not a replacement for the corporate gathering, but, but a more intimate expression of it, I think. Yeah. Cause the way, the way our, well, even just our church specifically in most churches in America mm-hmm. or around the world, you know, we have a, a Sunday gathering of so many people, yeah. um, and it's too many to effectively get to know everyone and right. talk to everyone and form a relationship with everyone. And that's not the design. Yeah. We're to be intimately connected with the body of Christ, mm-hmm. but not everybody. Yeah. 
we're not capable. God hasn't given us as humans that ability. Right. We don't have the ability to be connected intimately with mm-hmm. all these people. Yeah. But we do have the ability to be connected with those in our circle of influence, our yeah. sphere of influence. So so what does that look like to actually be connected like that? Like what's the difference? So we're talking about um, the fact that when we come together on a Sunday morning, it's a large group of people, and you just yeah. pointed to the very fact that relationally we're incapable, right? Right. Um, so what do, what does that relationship look like within the smaller setting? Like what what does it actually, what is it actually? I think it's partially living out the commands that we are given in Scripture. Uh, all the one another's I mentioned on Sunday. Yeah. There's a hundred instructions for us to one another something to mm. each other. We yeah. love one another. We encourage one another. Yeah. We greet each other with a holy kiss. Which, uh, if I might ignore a lot. <laughs> not by you, though. People might not know this, but you are a staunch... You are staunchly obedient I to I give the command. most stoic kisses. <laughs> stoic kisses. That could be another podcast episode title. Oh, man. What am I going to do? <laughs> stoic kisses. No, but there's all these commands to do all these things to one another. Yeah. And we can encourage one another on Sunday mornings, as we should. Yeah. Um, but we're not Sunday morning Christians. Yeah. We are seven-day-a-week Christians. And there's... You know, it's kind of like your Pokemon, right? You, your Pokemon get upgraded <laughs> per level, and they mutate, and they grow, and they develop, and they're stronger. Uh-huh. You know, you have your level one Pokemon. Who do you think listens to this podcast? I don't know. We've talked about... <laughs> I guess we talked about Star Wars and we stuff to no Star end, Wars so this is fair. Keep going. Led Zeppelin. And <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the target demographic is for this. I've, I, you pull out Pokemon, I'm like... Question. Millennials. <laughs> Were you allowed to do Pokemon when you were? When I it, was. Really? I, I had the very first Pokemon on on the original Game Boy. Oh, man. I collected no the way. first 150. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. When it first came out, I remember I was going to North Coast Christian Academy at North Coast Church. I don't even know if they still have the school, but I was there and someone came door to door, like to each yeah. classroom to explain like Pokemon means pocket monster. And it's about how you're going to have a yeah. demon and you're going to, yeah. it's basically witchcraft and blah, 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 blah. Oof, should I not have brought this up? Is this a sore subject? Well, there's a lot of source. <laughs> the more you get to know me, our podcast listeners know I have a lot of sore subjects, so it's okay. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I will, I will, I will say there was a lot of things I was not allowed to watch or participate in. Like I, it was a, were you allowed to watch Power Rangers? No. No. Oh, yeah, me too. Okay. No. See, now we can relate. That's cool. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, no. Actually, <laughs> when I was when I when I was young, I had a a birthday. It was like the first birthday where people started giving me money. Oh and yeah. Then, you know, you're like I don't even remember how old I was, nine like, or something. Yeah. But I had a bunch of money and I didn't mm-hmm. know what to do with it because I'd never had money before. And yeah. my mom looked at me and she's like. You know, you're always talking about that Game Boy thing. Why don't you buy a Game Boy? Come on. That's and I like, awesome. I like looked at her and I was like, I have never loved you more. <laughs> like that is the most awesome thing you have ever said. You are the most genius mother on the planet. Anyway, I got Fantastic. a Game Boy. I got Pokemon. I got NBA yep. Jam. Yeah. Tournament edition. That's awesome. And, man. Anyway, so <laughs> okay. like we can encourage each other on yeah. a Sunday morning, but we're called to grow and develop and equip ourselves with a, a better expression of our gifting. Yeah. And we can truly encourage people in that small group setting and actually be involved in their lives and not just see them for one hour a week on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, Sunday morning is just the start. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Um, Jesus had his 12 disciples. We should have our, our, our core, our, our tribe. Yeah. 
our group of people that is going to be there that we can call and text every day and say, Hey, this yeah. is happening. You know, my parents decided to put our dog down. Yeah. Um, cause you can't walk in on a Sunday morning and yeah. just go up to a stranger that, or somebody that you just have seen at church for the last year. And yeah. I mean, you can, you can, but yeah. there's, there's just so many limits to that. Yeah. Um, and loving one another and praying for one mm-hmm. another, you know, it's, it's not that you can't pray for one another on a Sunday morning, but, but there's better settings for it. Yeah. There's settings where we can put ourselves in the position to do that well. And that, and so many of those checkbox mark check check boxes are checked yeah in this small group setting yeah um that's just where relationships yeah. will tend to happen yeah. i also use that phrase you know it's turning the monologue into the dialogue mm. um cuz sunday mornings you you're there to sit and listen and and to learn to worship yeah. but to worship also through being taught and mm-hmm. yeah and you don't talk you don't talk back yeah um you know occasionally people talk back to neil but <laughs> Occasionally they, a, they do. They get escorted out quickly. It's no. pretty, it's pretty entertaining when it um, happens. <laughs> but in that small group setting, you turn it into a dialogue, and you're talking, and you're actually, yeah. you know, iron, iron sharpening iron. Yeah, actually engaging with each other, right? Striking each other, challenging each other, striking rather hard, bat, bat, backhand across right. the face. Right. Is that is that what scripture means? Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I uh, I think about that often of. Uh, like, who are you relating more with? Are you relating more with your brothers and sisters in Christ, or do you see them only on Sundays and then the rest yeah. of the week you're with people who have completely different worldviews? That's a real danger. Values, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and I mean, the reality is, is small groups are meant to be uh, a the environment in which those deep relationships can be born because you're not going to have that depth of relational intimacy unless you like really dig in deeply with someone over, over time. Um, it's not something you can walk in on Sunday mornings and you meet someone for the first time and then you're pouring your heart out to that. Sometimes that happens and sometimes the Lord can move in those kind of situations, but that's not the norm. Yeah. Uh, The norm is that you, you are, you know, someone deeply and they deeply know you and you can know their struggles, you know, their, 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 what they're walking through, know their sins, know their temptations, know, um, their victories, like know all of it and can pray for them can support them, can encourage them just like they can for you. Right. Like that relate that depth of relationship, um, I think is kind of where that those one another's really take place, like you're saying. Yeah. And and you know, we don't have well, I mean like all the entirety of the New Testament is really about relationship. Mm. Like all of almost all of Paul's critiques and his encouragements and exhortations of the churches regarded community and fellowship. Um, or times when they were getting it wrong or not yeah. doing it. And and he even lists, like, he'll list specific people by name. You know, you guys need to make this right. You know, mm. get them back in the fellowship. Get rid of this disunity. Yeah. Um, and m- almost all the instruct that's what it's about. It's about mm. us getting along and growing as a people mm-hmm. over the common denominator of Jesus Christ. Yeah. We don't see these rogue Christians, even Paul, who was— always traveling and going like he had his his roots his his core group of people that yeah. he you know he had Timothy he had uh Barnabas he mm-hmm. had 
um, Epaphroditus. Um, the only example we have, you could argue, is John, mm. who wrote Revelation from Patmos. <laughs> yeah, he was stuck on an island. But he, he was, was in exile. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He was he exiled. Was, he was in it's prison. not like he was like, I don't need these Christians. Right, <laughs> I'm exactly. going to go off by myself. Like, that's the only example we have, and he's imprisoned. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, that's just, that's what we see. And and let me say this, because I didn't talk, I didn't get into this um, much on Sunday. This is, uh, I guess, edit room scraps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cutting room floor. Yeah. There you go. So the, the gospel is very relational, and the New mm-hmm. Testament is very relational, and all of living out the, the gospel life is relational. Yeah. And that, that's hard for like 65% of men because yeah. 65% of men are introverts. Mm. And I'm an introvert. I'm actually very much an introvert. That's why your kisses are so stoic. That's why I'm not emotive. <laughs> um, and I, I tell people that because uh, I give, I people don't get that impression from me sometimes just because I do preach and I'm up there. Mm. And um, the the truth is I'm an introvert. Uh, the truth is Bob's an introvert. Yeah. And there's this, um, this, I don't know, this incorrect notion that introverts don't like people. Mm. And... That's incorrect. Right. Or introverts are designed not to be around people, not right. to be relational and social. And that's not true. We mm. buy into that. And and this can be frustrating sometimes with things like Enneagram uh, yeah. and Myers-Briggs because we, we like to typecast people and put yeah. personalities in a box because it's easy for us to de- define. Yeah. And that's that's dangerous. Yeah. And and, and it's the truth is introverts it's not that they don't care about people. They don't want to be around people. It's just that that uh, de-energizes them. Yeah. It saps their strength. Yeah. In a good way, though. Yeah. We're called to exhaust ourselves for Christ. Yeah. To give everything over over to Christ. To give our energy to Him. Yeah. And uh, for the introvert, that just wears you out. Yeah. But that's 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 like a godly exhaustion in yeah. my view. Um, it's okay to be worn out. You just got to know you need t- alone time to recover yeah. and come right. back to it. You know, you're not going to be energized like an extrovert would be. Yeah. So like there's that, that excuse that a lot of men will use. They refuse to be relational because of how they think they're wired. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and that's, that's just, that's setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I think for maybe a lot of people, they see something like this as like that's a really nice thing for other people, but I don't, I, I don't have time for it, or kind of yeah. like what you were just talking about, personality wise, like, nah, that's good for other people, but not for me. Um, and you, and like, there are those kind of, um, I don't know, those, those kind of arguments against it that people might come up with. The other ones that you you talked about on Sunday, like even just childcare, it's hard with kids. Yeah. Um, and you handled that really well, but what would you say to someone who's really struggling through? Like, how do I add another thing to my life? I've got, uh, my kids are in sports, my kid, you know, I've got this, uh, you know, work is crazy. All these different things that could potentially be in a way. When we talk about small groups, you know, we're, for many people, we're asking them to commit to time. Right. And I say we, (laughs) it's not we, it's scripture, (laughs) but many times we need to, we need to subtract things from our lives. Right. Um, and are we people of the book or are we not people of the book? Yeah. Like, are, are we, are we looking to this for direction for our life Yeah. or are we living our life and then hoping to come in on the backside and, and mm. find some nice tips that will improve our life? Mm. That's good. Um, because that, that picture in Acts chapter two is not, uh, it, it wasn't that 
the church, you know, they were making sure they got their sports out of the way and right. got, you know, their social clubs out of the way and they, you know, hung out mm-hmm. with their neighborhood friends or their bar friends. And then, yeah. and then they got together, you know, to catch mm-hmm. up and no, they were, had everything in common. They were a common people. Yeah. And, and a little bit I touched on on Sunday was cause that's the root of where your growth is. That's the root of where your life is. Yeah. Your spiritual life should be your first priority. Mm. And if you're surrounding yourself with people who are not on the same ship as you without the same focus, without the same destination, even you're going to, it's going to pull you one way or the other. You're going to go away from it or you're going to go toward it. And, and that has a large, it's got, it's a really large influence of who is in your life. It's really good. And yes, you need jobs. You need to go work in the world. Definitely. Absolutely. We're called, you know, we're not called to leave the world. Yeah. But we are called not to be of the world and not to love the things in the world. Mm. And that's, if you sit and think about that scripture, that's really hard. Yeah. I, even for me, like I've been, that's been a, a scripture I've been meditating on the past two weeks. Like what in this world do I love mm. and do I need to get rid of it? Yeah. Do I need to stop loving it? Mm. Have I, have I allowed space in my heart for something in this world that's going to pass away? Yeah. That is not of eternal significance. And I get the whole time is time is valuable. Time is your, it's your it's time your is resource. money. <laughs> it's irreplaceable. But yeah. yes, it is irreplaceable. Right. So are you going to focus on something that's eternal? Mm-hmm. Relationships that are eternal. Yeah. The word of God that is eternal. Yeah. Um. Or something that's temporary. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like I, you know, I don't want to. It, I don't want it to sound sales pitchy. Like this is like <laughs> we're starting small groups and you need to join them. Yeah, it, it's act it's, quick. It, it goes even <laughs> beyond that. Like like as we're trying to move from Sunday mornings into these smaller relationships, it even needs to go beyond small groups. Yeah, it needs to be like this is the focal point of your life mm-hmm. is being with Christ Church, being within the body of Christ, yeah. and growing up into our salvation that Peter yeah. tells us. Mm-hmm. And having uh, limb by limb and ligament and ligament and bone and bone, building each other up to grow up into what Christ has done, what Christ mm-hmm. has started with the work on the cross, planting his church and building his church now into what he wants it to be. Yeah, that's really good. And I think like everything you're hitting on really speaks to a complete reorientation of our life around what scripture is calling us to. Yeah. And that's what you keep hitting on is the fact that I think we're, we're so often tempted to just think of Christianity as the add on rather than the overarching theme yeah. of our life. You know, is scripture, is scripture determining the theme of our life or right. is scripture just in addition to our yeah. life? C.S. Lewis gives that gives a great analogy for that. He he says uh, we have this tendency to consider uh, Christ as a nice painting, mm. and we we buy this painting, and then we find a nice place for it in the hallway. Yeah. And every time we walk by the hallway and we go to the bedroom, we see it and we we enjoy our purchase. Mm. And and he said that's that's 
that's our view of it, but it's incorrect. The yeah. view should be that we buy this painting and then we put it over the fireplace and then we basically burn the rest of our furniture. Yeah. <laughs> we have, like we have nothing yeah. else. And yeah. Christ is the center and the, and yeah. the focus of our house. Yeah. It's the focus of everything. And we just yeah. come and we look at this painting. We have yeah. Christ. We have everything now. Yeah. Like it reorients our life. Yeah. And and that's not imp- that's not to say that like it's an impractical call. Like it's very practical. It doesn't mean that you like quit working and you like, it's not a cult. It's not a commune. It's not like we're going to go and live on a compound and then, right. you know, the, um, right. Scripture gives the yeah. outlines for, for working. Like there is instruction yeah. in the new Testament yeah. for, for working right. well. But is that, but is that work defined by what the world says work is about? Is it defined by, you know, our personal goals or our personal aspirations or our ambitions or is it or is that work that we do or literally anything else we do in our life defined by our our walk as Christians yeah. is it defined by scripture are we allowing scripture right. to speak into those things and tell us what to do and how to think about these things right um so i think that's the biggest thing that we need to like kind of get our minds wrapped around and then we can better like approach the difficulty of maybe we do need to remove some things from our schedule maybe we do Maybe there's some areas of our life that we haven't really counted the cost and said, like, yeah, there's real sacrifice when it comes to really diving into Christian community and stuff. And so, again, that's that's not to guilt anyone. That's not to manipulate anyone. But the reality is, is that we're called to community with one another. And this is a way that we're going to be doing it here at Hope Christian Church. And so we're inviting and challenging people to be a part of that. Yeah. And a, being a part of that might mean that you might really have to look at your schedule and maybe as a married couple, maybe you're single, maybe you have kids and stuff. Maybe there are some real you know, maybe there's a difficult decision to be made and you say, you know what, um, we're going to trust what scripture is calling us to, and we're going to count the cost and we're, we're, we're going to make certain sacrifices to make this happen. And maybe the sacrifice isn't just in time. Maybe the sacrifice isn't removing something from your schedule. Maybe it is just kind of like that personality thing. Like I'm, I, I, you know, group settings is challenging to me because I'm an introvert. Maybe that's the sacrifice that you're yeah. called to, you know, maybe that's it's a dying of self. Yeah. That's that's what's that's what you said carrying your cross. That's what it is. It's about dying to yeah. self, and and that's you know. Have you counted the cost of what that phrase means? Yeah. And and it's not, <laughs> you know, I, it's not. I don't want to paint this picture of like you know you're you're dying to self to misery. Yeah. Uh, you're dying to self to joy. Yeah. Like Jesus had prayed in in John seventeen that that they would know my joy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the the peace that he promises us and the joy he's promising us through that. Yeah. And I feel like we sometimes rob ourselves because we don't get ever get to that point because mm. we're we're scared of dying to self and yeah. what that actually means and and asking ourselves deep down the hard questions yeah. of where we are following Jesus Christ and walking right behind him or where mm. we might be going astray a little bit. Yeah. Um like we're called to the body of Christ, a supernatural, otherworldly creation created mm-hmm. by our Savior. Um, you know, do we trust that He has our best interests in mind? That He actually knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all these people on YouTube or TikTok that are do these experiments, <laughs> like you know, I gave up sugar for thirty days, and yeah. or I gave up my smartphone for three months, and yeah. um, you won't believe what happened next. <laughs> um, I, you know, I wonder as as Christians, we sometimes 
you know, we only walk so far in our trust and we don't get out of the boat as, as, or at least walk as far as we should sometimes to see what God is offering us. Uh, When he says, I want you to know my joy. Yeah. I want you to know what it means to have your focus on eternity, Mm. to remember moment by moment that you're not made for this world. You're made for another world Mm. and you're my sheep and I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to love you. And I'm working out all things to the good if you love me. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, I I think often um, <clears throat> when we're hesitant to kind of dive in one hundred percent, you know what we're missing out on. Whether it's um, really trusting Jesus and seeing, you know, getting to know Him in those depths of times where we're really called to trust Him. I mean, we just went through the summer storm series where we kind of right. talked about those times of suffering and you know what it looks like to trust Him. In right. the middle of the storm, um, to really walk with him in the middle of the storm. Um, and uh, <clears throat> last week I was talking with Bob about that after his, you know, he finished things off, and we were just talking about the reality is like sometimes we're we're not focused on Jesus in the storm; we're focused on just getting out of the storm. Yeah. Um. And and you know, is our focus on finding Jesus in the storm or just escaping and getting out of the situation we don't like? Um, and so I, you know, there's a fullness, um, of joy to be found in that relationship with him in those, those times of trial. And, but even not just in times of suffering, like there's a fullness of joy to be found in when things are good, you know, and we're still continuing to trust in him. Um, but also there's a fullness of joy to be found in relationship when we get to, to see and enjoy the full expression of what it looks like to be a part of the, of, of the body of Christ, um, and see the blessing that, that other people are for us. Yeah. Like the one another's like we, you know, Jesus is not only giving himself to us, but he's also giving each of us to one another as, mm-hmm. as friends, as, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, in the family of God. And so there's joy to be found in the depths of relationship that if we continue to, res- if we just resist this all of our life, cause it's not our thing or, um, you know, my, it's not really my personality or whatever yet scripture is calling us to do this. We're missing out on a huge component of, of what we're meant to have, uh, here on earth. Right. Um, absolutely. That's why. And on Sunday I said, that's why this message was going to kind of come out of the summer storm series really well or attached yeah. to it, even though it wasn't part of the series technically, right? Cause we're promised storms yeah, and we need to find that crew, that community. Yeah to, first of all, weather the storm, help us weather the storm, but uh, to also keep us focused on Jesus so we Mm -hmm. can get the most benefit from the storm. And maybe that comes through a testimony of somebody who's gone through something similar or somebody who's experienced something, some sort of tragedy that relates, or or maybe it is a joy. Maybe it is another uh, joy that you can share in and celebrate with people. Yeah, for sure. I remember even just like a great example of that for us was when we had just, I think my first day was September 5th was that Sunday that I was announced and, uh, you know, David was transitioning out and, uh, and like I kind of got started, but I only had two Sundays just by myself before we took a family vacation that had been planned for like over a year. (laughs) And like, it felt like all hell broke loose. You know, I, you know, basically snapped my foot off and then, (laughs) and couldn't walk and then had like covid in a horrendous way yeah um and sarah and i will still like talk about that like i can't believe that happened like it literally (laughs) was the worst time of our life yeah but in the middle of that you know we're new we don't know anyone really at hope yet 
Uh, but there was just this outpouring of care that like, I just felt so loved. Like we just felt so cared for. Yeah. Um, it was amazing to, to just see like how kind people were and, you know, in coming back from that, the, the, the dark times right. <laughs> coming back and being, a, you know, being able to come back to church and stuff. And I was hobbling around in a wheelchair and stuff, but I just felt like it felt like home. Like that really helped me yeah. just really feel like, yeah, these are my people. Like this yeah. is where I'm, this is where I'm supposed <laughs> yeah. to be like and and these, you know, these people have reached out and kind of taken up our burden with them. And like, yeah, just the, the things that people did, for us in the middle of that, like you guys, you helped organize meals for us. That was huge. But then like people were like buying us groceries. They, they got toys for the kids and stuff. Mm. And I'm just like, these people are amazing. Like, <laughs> what is this? And so, and it's not just the, what I'm trying to say is like, it's not about like getting stuff from people or getting food from people. Um, but those are expressions of sacrifice that people are willing to do for you because they love you in Christ. And yeah. that expression brings so much joy when you get to experience yeah. it. But then also on the flip side, you get to give that same joy to others um, when when it's your turn to give, when it's your yeah. turn to sacrifice. And uh, that there's joy found in that too, in that giving and the receiving um, and, and just the, the community of being together and walking together as we grow in Christ. Yeah. You're being ministered to, right. And those people were ministering to you and they were ministers. Yeah. Um, that's something that we're called all called to be in the church. Yeah. Um, this idea of being a minister, um, you know, it, it's like a title. It's not, it's not a title. Yeah. <laughs> it's something that all we're all called to ministry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, like we've put it on, on staffers at church that right. are in the ministry. That's their job. But yeah. really it's everybody's job yeah. to minister in some way. Um, Ed, Ed Stetzer talks about uh, the declergification of mm. the church and the church needs to be declergified. Mm. Um, and, and Ephesians says, you know, Christ gave the church, the, the apostles and the right. evangelists and the pastors. But, his point is that the, it needs the work is to be done by the people. It's to yeah. be spread out and done by everybody. Yeah. And people coming up, coming to you and serving you in that way, they're ministering to you, mm-hmm. and and they're ministering to you through food and physical things. But yeah. uh, that's part of it. Yeah. You know, we also minister through the word and right. uh, through spiritual things as well. But mm-hmm. that's something all of us should be doing. Yeah. It's not something we leave to the staff or the the people we pay mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's it's to be done by all of us. Yeah. Um, on on Sunday, I use this this scripture in First Peter chapter two. As you come to him, uh, starting in verse four of chapter two, First Peter, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, that's referring to Jesus Christ, the cornerstone of, of the house of the church, mm-hmm. you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. Mm. And that was my, you know, I use, that's why I use for my, one of the analogies that the New Testament gives of the church. Yeah. But it says this, you're, you're being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. Yeah. That little expression there, to be a holy priesthood. Mm. So as a believer, if you're in this body of Christ, you're a priest. Yeah. And you need to exercise that priesthood. Mm. The The Old Testament gives us the whole priesthood, Levitical priesthood system. Right. And that's an example, a demonstration of what we are to be now. Yeah. 
the priesthood in the Old Testament. Basically, a priest was someone who went from the people and then um, intervened to God for the people. Right. So they were the representative of the people. They were the ones that would ask God for forgiveness of the people's sins mm-hmm. and take that to God because um, contact with God was limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't access to God was limited. It was only yeah. through the priesthood. That's how God set it up in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And now he's saying that we are all priests. Yeah. Pri- the priesthood has been expanded to the entire body of Christ, all under the high priest of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that declergification means that we are all priests, yeah. that we intercede for each other and we support each other and we mm-hmm. minister for each other and we we be, we bear burdens. Yeah. We carry the burdens of others to God and we intercessorily pray for each yeah. other. It's that declergification, getting that uh, that idea that the work of the church is for everybody. Yeah. Now there are specific roles. We're given elders, we're given deacons, we're given specific roles that people are, specific individuals will be called to. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ministry needs to be done by everybody. It's not it's not something we just go to on, we don't just go to church on Sunday morning and take and we get. Yeah. It's something we we get in and give Yeah, uh, if, to be a, a part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so we need to start, I don't know, maybe start thinking of ourselves yeah. as part of a priesthood yeah. as well. There's a, there's um, there's just so many analogies. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty amazing. We're like penguins. This... <laughs> <laughs> this is another analogy I wanted to, I wanted to drop this on Sunday, but I... Oh, this is I, real. Okay, please. Oh, yeah. No, I <laughs> I came up with 30 analogies. Oh, my gosh. Um. I maybe should have left this one. My daughter loves penguins. Like she's just obsessed with them. Um, every stuffed animal she has bought has been a penguin. And <laughs> it's like everything she wants is penguin related. Um, but penguins, like they, they only can exist in community, mm-hmm. kind of like the sequoias that yeah. only exist in groves. Yeah. Um, penguins can only, and if there's was ever an animal that defied evolution, it would mm-hmm. be penguins. Um, <laughs> And panda bears. But um, penguins have to exist in community because they can't withstand the cold temperatures that they live in mm. by themselves. Oh, wow. That's why you'll see a pack of penguins and they're all huddled together. They're right. close together. Yeah. Um, they have to be like that because that's maintaining the heat that they, yeah. they need to yeah. survive. Mm-hmm. And that's another good picture of us being in a hostile world and mm. Satan is the prince of this world. And we're in a, a foreign land. Yeah, we're aliens. We're sojourners. Mm-hmm. Scripture calls us. We're not in our home right now. We're in somewhere else where we don't belong. Yeah, and these harsh, cold temperatures come at us, and the only way we're going to survive and thrive is to huddle up together and to to be together to support each other to get us to get us through it. Yeah, that's good. That's really great, man. Well, thank you so much for. Uh, just the time you took to go through this topic. I was thinking as you were preaching, like this is such, you know, to be able to distill all this into one sermon, like you did such a great job of really laying out an understanding of community and understanding of what we're called to as believers um, in that community. And uh, yeah, I, j- I just thought it was, it was excellent. So great job. Oh, is there, is there any, anything else you'd like to share before we, wrap this thing up and stick a bow on it and uh... yeah so panda bears um are <laughs> one of the largest mammals one of the largest bears yeah and they defy evolution i'd love to hear someone explain to me how in a darwinian evolution model a panda bear would 
ever come to be. What what is it um, about? They're panda bears? non-hostile, uh-huh. and they their primary diet is bamboo, mm-hmm. and panda bears don't digest bamboo. Oh, this so they have to eat massive amounts of it uh-huh. to survive. Like they their stomach doesn't digest it well, so yeah. they end up actually pooping out most of it. Yeah, so they just so eat, they eat a ton. They eat and a get ton a little of it of just it. to get a little bit out of it. In fact, That's crazy. Their digestive system is almost hostile to it. Oh wow! Like they don't doesn't like it. That's crazy. But that's all they have, and they eat it, and 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 they exist. That's interesting. They're not hostile. They they don't attack. They don't. They're not. Mm-hmm. They're not predatory. What don't they have? Don't they uh, have like babies in a unique way? Like don't they have? Are, like are they? Do no they? Way. I don't know. Why I've always like wondered if they. I don't know. I I'm confusing them. Well, with the other. babies that they have are um, they have for for their their massive size. The babies they have are relatively very, very tiny. Maybe that's what I'm thinking um, of, yeah. Like bears, other bears, like carnivorous bears, right. have much bigger babies because right. it's because of their diet. Yeah. Because they don't have a good diet. They, yeah. they, they're not like... <laughs> the babies come out and they're teeny, teeny, tiny. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're super tiny. They can't, yeah, they can't yeah. see, they can't walk, they right. can't do anything for a while. They're just kind of like... Uh, well, maybe that's why I was thinking like almost like marsupials will have like mm-hmm. uh, babies that then need to like hang out in like... Um, like in a you know like a kangaroo has its little, yeah you know, oh yeah yeah you know pouch. yeah a little pouch yeah. and stuff and like they're born but it's almost like they're only half uh halfway baked they're oh. half baked you know they still need <laughs> yeah. to they still need to yeah develop a little bit longer well um, and in a lot of ways that's how humans are too no that's true yeah that's true yeah I, anyway i love panda bears it's super interesting i uh San Diego Zoo will pull up their website and they have a, a live panda cam. Oh, no way. Several panda cams actually. If oh, you need. that's awesome. Yeah. On your on your yeah. <laughs> to those of you at home, on your break. Um, if you're at work and you need Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh if you're looking for other live uh cams, there's a grizzly bear cam. Well, there's a couple of grizzly bear cams mm. in Alaska. Uh, cause it's, you know, kind of salmon hunting season yeah. and stuff. And so there's a couple set up and very, like you pull it up. It's amazing. There's like, oh, that's awesome. there's like 30 grizzlies around this river and they're all just getting that's awesome. these giant salmon and stuff. So anyways, very interesting. You just never know what you're going to learn when you get around Mark. <laughs> just never know what kind of interesting trivia he's going to drop on you. Pretty fast. Yeah, if anyone out there wants to debate pandas, I'd love to hear it. What I want to, I want to hear you debate pandas. <laughs> I don't. It just blows my mind how that yeah. animal should not exist. Yeah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> and they're also so cute. Yeah, they are. I are they're not aggressive, right? No. Okay. They're no. They they're seem, they're they're playful. Yeah, they seem playful. They also seem very um, like, I don't know, like they just fall over and trip and that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, they're clumsy. Yeah, they're clumsy. They're playful and clumsy. It's just kind of cute. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, so that's it, man. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for, the for books. that. When are small groups starting? So the plan, uh, you know, because every group is going to be different. We're, we're not, they, they meet on every night of the week. Yeah. Based on the leader, based on the home. So yeah, um, we're, we're planning to launch them after Labor Day. Okay. And they're they're going to be eight to twelve people, and um, they'll be based around studies. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you always you kind of go between this balance of how you know how often do we meet that sort of right. thing every other week. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times in the past we've done every other week. Yeah. Um, in my experience, that that model 
Um, there's a lot of problems with it because if you miss one week, you go a month without seeing your small right. group and yeah. it's just really hard to form yeah, it's tough. any kind of, any kind of community yeah. with that. Um, so we're going to, we're going to push our groups to meet around study. So we'll do like a 12 week study yeah, that's good. and meet for 12 weeks in a row mm -hmm. and then maybe take a week and have just dinner and have fellowship, yeah, that's good. um, or take a week or two off. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, maybe it's by then it'll be Christmas, take Christmas off, that sort of thing. But again, you know, I also don't want to build into this structure, this idea of time off, um, yeah. because we're not, we're not here to check a box. Right. I'm not, I don't want to start these groups just so we can say mm. we did a 12 week study. It's right. to get people in each other's lives, yeah. get people in each other's homes mm -hmm. and interacting regularly. So families are being knit together. Mm -hmm. uh, couples are being knit with other couples. Singles yeah. are meeting other people. And we're actually getting involved in our lot in each other's lives. And it's not, yeah. it doesn't become just like another Sunday morning. We come for an hour. Yeah. It becomes a once a month we go and sit right. and have coffee and then that's it. Yeah. Um, so it, it, we'll have like a rhythm to the year where, yeah. you know, we're, we're doing studies together uh, yep. for the small groups. Be great. Um, and uh, yeah, that's really good. It'll so be, how do people sign up? Like what's the, uh, on our events page, hopechristianchurch.com, okay. there's a list to put your name on. I'm I'm Great. assembling the the groups, um, mm -hmm. the leaders uh, are going through training this month, and we're talking to them Great. and preparing them. Um, but uh, but also, if anyone's out there, they want to open their home. Yeah. Um, this is one reason why. Um, I'm I'm we're pushing to have them in homes and not mm -hmm. at the church is for people to practice hospitality. Yeah. Hospitality is talked about a lot. In fact, it's even listed as a spiritual gift in the New Testament. Yeah. And um this is an opportunity for someone that's hospitable to mm. exercise it. Yeah. To cuz a lot of people are hospitable. Yeah. And they can open up their home and they can make it look nice and yeah. they can make some nice food and make some nice coffee and, and show people love that way and minister in that way, really. Um, but also just make people feel welcome, have a home that people want to come into and want to be yeah. in. And so if you have That's a home, good. you want to open up, reach out to me and you don't have to necessarily lead the group, but, um, you can just yeah. host a group. So we're gonna have hosts and we're gonna have leaders. Yep. Um, sometimes the, the home will be the leaders group. It just yeah. depends. But it's if good. you can take that hosting responsibility off the leader, it's a yeah. tremendous help yeah. um, for the health of the group. Yeah. Because, you know, it gets it gets down even further. Like mm. I said on Sunday mornings, like, you know, <laughs> everyone can't serve here. Yeah. So let's get into a small group setting where you can serve. Yeah. Maybe you can't lead the group, but you can host the group. Yeah. Or you can it's serve really the group in another way. Maybe you could lead worship at your group and you can yeah. sing before you guys get together. It's really good. Um, so uh, spread the workout, the workload out in your group. Yeah. But sign up at on the events page. Um, put your name on the list, and uh, God will God is going to put these groups together. I'm excited to see where we're already at so far. Um, I'm super excited. Yeah, uh, for the interest we've had already. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, leading this up and kind of getting the ball rolling with a lot of this stuff. And and then again for Sunday really great. Um, and then also for being here again, this was great. Thank you so much. And, uh, just appreciate everything that you, um, do in, in your position here at the church, but also oh, just everything you do like through your personality and just through your gifting and your passions and stuff. It's, it's, it's good to get to do ministry with you. So oh, anyways, you too, brother. uh, all right. Well, that is it. 
Another one in the books. So thank you for listening. If you have questions for us, feel free to submit those to uh, by email at podcast at hopechristianchurch.com, or you can text those to 440. Oh. <laughs> it was like you were like burping out a ghost. <laughs> hope. <laughs> two, two, two. Two, two, two. Oh, goodness. So that's 440-HOPE. Two, two, two. You can text your questions to there. And that's it. So we will see you guys again next time. Thanks, Mark. Thank you.